Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Connie. Today is Saturday, August 19th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. In today's Southern California weather forecast, Riverside will experience a high of 88.3 and a low of 70.5 degrees. Now, on to our headlines. The leaders of the U.S., Japan, and South Korea are strengthening alliances at a historic Camp David summit. Meanwhile, the Pacific is stirring with Category 4 Hurricane Hillary, set to potentially cause catastrophic flooding in Mexico and California, triggering the first tropical storm watch in Southern California in 84 years. On the tech front, Elon Musk is under fire as his social media platform, Platform X, removes its block feature, causing concerns about hate speech and content moderation. Finally, a surge in the chikungunya virus in South America has sparked an urgent push for new vaccines and treatment. Stay tuned for all this and more on Alex's News. We begin with our top story today. A historic summit held at Camp David between U.S. President Joe Biden, Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida, and South Korean President Yoon Suk-yeol. To discuss this further, I'm joined by reporter Elias. Elias, could you give us a brief rundown on the key agreements reached at the summit? Absolutely, Connie. The leaders of these three nations have agreed to expand security and economic ties. There was a clear emphasis on peace and stability in the region during the talks, and multiple agreements were made, including establishing a communications hotline for discussing responses to threats. Interesting. How would you assess the significance of these newly established ties? Well, Connie, this is a more intensive level of cooperation than we have seen in the past. It seems clear that the goal is to unify and strengthen the alliance in response to concerns over North Korea and China. Moreover, the location of the summit, Camp David, historically known for peace negotiations and military planning meetings, underscores the significance. Now, there was some mention of China in the joint statement, wasn't there? Yes, there was. While the focus of the summit wasn't explicitly about China, the leaders did point to China's dangerous and aggressive actions in the South China Sea. Could this potentially increase tension with China? It's certainly a possibility, Connie. The tightening cooperation between the U.S., Japan, and South Korea could certainly be seen as a threat by Beijing. There's worry it could potentially incite further aggression, particularly from North Korea. The North Korea situation was also discussed, right? Correct, Connie. They spent significant time discussing North Korea's nuclear and missile threats, as well as the need to enhance their joint response capabilities. Now turning to Japan and South Korea, there are historical tensions between these two nations. How was that addressed at the summit? Both leaders acknowledged the need to resolve their historical disputes, particularly concerning compensation for wartime Korean forced laborers, Attention was also drawn to the challenges that exist within the trilateral relationship, such as opposition from South Koreans and fears in Japan about an economic cold war with China. And how have these agreements been received so far? Connie, these developments have garnered broad attention. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan shared an overview of the summit during a press gaggle at Camp David, which was later published on the White House website. Major news sources, including the Washington Post, 
PBS NewsHour, and the Associated Press have reported on the matter, unanimously recognizing the historic significance of this trilateral partnership. Thank you, Elias, for this comprehensive update on the significant summit held at Camp David. Aiming to improve security ties and promote peace in the region seems to be the ultimate goal for these nations. It's definitely something we'll continue to watch unfold. Certainly, Connie. It will be interesting to see how these commitments influence the geopolitics of the region. Indeed it will. Thank you, Elias. Up next, story two of four. Stay tuned, viewers. We've got a lot more to cover this morning. Our next story takes us to Mexico and California, where Hurricane Hillary threatens catastrophic and life-threatening flooding. This news comes from an array of sources, including the Associated Press. Grace, what more can you tell us about this alarming situation? Yes, Connie, the situation is quite serious. As you mentioned, numerous reports, including one from the Associated Press, states that Hurricane Hillary is rapidly approaching Mexico's Baja, California, and is predicted to cause catastrophic flooding. This extremely powerful hurricane is not only a menace for Mexico, but it's also anticipated to make landfall as a tropical storm in Southern California. This will be the first tropical storm to impact the region in 84 years. That's quite a long time. What sort of preparations are underway? Mexican officials are already taking precautions for the storm's imminent arrival. Simultaneously, authorities in Southern California, particularly Los Angeles, are also making significant efforts to protect their people, notably the homeless population, by evacuating them to shelters. The National Hurricane Center has issued a tropical storm watch for a wide swath of Southern California, and there's talk of potentially evacuating California's Catalina Island as well. Sounds like the authorities on both sides of the border are fully engaged. Now, when is this storm expected to hit? Hillary, currently a formidable Category 4 storm, is expected to reach Mexico's peninsula on Saturday night. Afterwards, it's projected to move northwards. There's particular concern about heavy rains leading to dangerous flooding in Tijuana, a major border city in Mexico. But it doesn't stop there, right? We're hearing reports that Hillary could bring heavy rain to the southwestern U.S. as well. That's correct, Connie. Some reports, including one from Reuters, suggest that rainfall amounts could reach up to 10 inches in certain areas, an amount described as unheard of for this time of year. This could lead to equally unprecedented flood risks from San Diego to Los Angeles and all the way to Las Vegas, sparking concerns mainly around the Palm Springs area. What kind of actions are local authorities taking in response? Well, Reuters informs us that local officials aren't taking any chances. Non-essential activities have been canceled, and those residing in high-risk zones are being urged to seek shelter. With the risk of a storm surge and coastal flooding along Mexico's Baja California Peninsula, the storm's rapid pace and ability to maintain its strength is making the situation more precarious. Bloomberg, Miami Herald, and Deadline have all reported on this as well. Can you shed some light on their coverage? Absolutely, Connie. The Miami Herald adds that, along with preparations being made in Mexico and California, Major League Baseball games have been rescheduled and a SpaceX rocket launch has been postponed.
President Joe Biden has confirmed pre-positioning of FEMA staff and supplies. Bloomberg echoes concerns about the heavy rainfall, noting that the region might face once-in-a-century rains and Nevada might even break its all-time rainfall record. Deadline adds more context from an entertainment perspective, stating that Hurricane Hillary's approach is causing cancellations and postponements of various events in the Los Angeles area. And what of the scientific perspective? I believe the New York Times addresses that. You're right, Connie. The New York Times points out scientists are finding that changes in climate are making hurricanes more powerful and capable of producing more rainfall. The development of El Nino is further complicating things in the Pacific, according to the report. You've surely covered all aspects, Grace. Now what about safety preparations for the residents? The Los Angeles Times has provided a complete guide to storm safety preparedness, really pinpointing the need for emergency alerts, checking emergency kits, stocking up on food, and creating evacuation plans. A final word on this, Grace? NBC News reiterates that, irrespective of weakening, the primary concern is significant rainfall and the potential for flooding, accentuating the possibility that El Nino and climate change may be bolstering the storm's intensity. Many thanks for joining us, Grace, and helping us understand this complex crisis. Let's hope for the best. Absolutely, Connie. Thank you. We're now on to our third story of the morning. Elon Musk, most known for his work with SpaceX and Tesla, has found himself at the center of controversy again. He's the owner and CEO of X, which you might remember used to be known as Twitter. Musk recently made an announcement that they'll be removing the ability to block other users on the platform. Ethan, our specialist correspondent, is here to delve into this. So, Ethan, what exactly is going on? Well, Connie, Musk has declared that the feature which allows users to block other accounts will soon no longer be a feature on X currently. Users can utilize this feature to prevent certain accounts from contacting them, viewing their posts, or even following them. However, Musk says the platform will retain the mute function, which enables users to minimize interaction with specified accounts without necessarily alerting them. This decision seems to have sparked some outrage and concern. Why is that? Absolutely, Connie. Numerous critics argue that this move could ease the spread of hate speech and anti-Semitic content on the forum. There's a fear that if the block tool is removed, an influx of harmful content, spam, and threats might rise. Some critics have even accused Musk of irresponsibility in his approach to absolute free speech. Any notable critics we should know about? Indeed, one of the louder voices of criticism comes from the Auschwitz Memorial Organization. They firmly believe that the tool to block is essential to prevent individuals from persistently attacking and denying the Holocaust on the platform. Additionally, several experts wonder if this move might bring X into conflict with guidelines laid out by Apple's App Store and Google Play which require apps with user-generated content to have a feature to block abusive users and content. Do we have any responses from these tech giants, X, Google, or Apple to be precise? As of now, Connie, there haven't been any official comments from X, Google, or Apple on this matter. However, Linda Yaccarino, X's chief executive, defended Musk's decision, stating that the company is building something better than its current block and mute mechanism, effectively suggesting an intent to improve the platform amidst the controversies. Previous conversions about Musk's attitudes suggest he has a history of impulsively making statements. How does this roll into this issue? That's a fair point, Connie. 
Musk has faced backlash before for making statements without consulting experts or conducting thorough research, which has sometimes resulted in him backpedaling on his comments. This situation is stirring up further criticism since he had previously promised to offer a vote on significant policy changes, a promise which he seems to have failed to follow through on. So, who's reporting on this? Well, news about X's intended removal of the block feature is being widely reported by various sources, including Reuters, CNBC, Forbes, and The Washington Post, Connie. Each of these outlets offers unique perspectives on the issue, detailing both the concerns and defenses surrounding Musk's decision. It certainly appears the decision to remove the block feature on X has generated much controversy and debate. Thanks for the thorough report, Ethan. We'll certainly keep an eye on this developing story. As we move on to our last topic for the day, there seems to be a healthcare concern brewing in South America. It's the chikungunya virus, with a significant upsurge in cases this year. For insights, we turn to our health reporter, Chloe. Chloe, can you shed more light on this issue? Absolutely, Connie. To put it into perspective, South America has reported a total of a quarter of a million cases this year alone. Known to be transmitted through mosquito bites, the chikungunya virus presents symptoms like fever and especially, joint pain that can be severe and, at times, prolonged. That sounds quite uncomfortable. So what exactly makes this virus unique or different from others? Great question, Connie. Recent scientific research has some interesting findings. According to a study in Nature Microbiology, the chikungunya virus showcased a rather fascinating way of infecting cells. The infected cells were observed to produce long extensions, akin to tendrils, that reach out to neighboring cells. These extensions serve as a kind of shield for the virus against antibodies. All this may help explain the debilitating arthritis that can be linked to this disease. That is intriguing indeed, Chloe. How might these findings potentially impact future treatment for the chikungunya virus? Well, Connie, this is exactly where the ray of hope comes in. These discoveries could be instrumental in the development of vaccines and other treatment options down the line. There's already work underway on a vaccine. In fact, according to NPR, there's potential for a vaccine to be approved by year's end. It sounds like these findings could have a significant impact in battling this virus. Now, are other factors contributing to its spread? Undoubtedly, Connie, according to both NPR and the Disease Surveillance Epidemiology Program of the Maine Center for Disease Control and Prevention, climate change, mosquitoes and global travel are all playing a role. Although the virus isn't currently found in the continental United States, an introduction by infected travelers is sadly possible. That's concerning to hear. Are there any precautions we can take? For those traveling to affected areas, prevention measures are indeed recommended. These include using repellent, wearing protective clothing, and opting for accommodations with screens or air conditioning. Hopefully, these methods, along with the upcoming vaccine, can help us fight against the spread of this virus. Well, this has been incredibly informative, Chloe. We truly appreciate your keen insights. Thanks for joining us to share these crucial details about the chikungunya virus. It was my pleasure, Connie. It's always important to share knowledge that could be beneficial to public health. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, 11 Labs, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.